It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. On this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity, I'm going to share with you the mystery of spiritual adoption. Let's start with Romans chapter 8, verse 15. In the New King James Version, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Another translation says we receive the consciousness of adopted sons. How curious, because in this world, you are either born into a family or adopted into a family, but never both. Spiritually, however, God only adopts into his family those who have been begotten of the word of God and born of the spirit of God. So in the New Covenant, the definition of adoption spiritually is the act by which God places a repentant sinner in the divine family to become an heir to all the rights and privileges available to sons of God and daughters of God. See, in a spiritual sense, we were all orphans. There is nothing more helpless and hopeless and vulnerable and disturbing than the condition of a child that is left to his or her own devices. I've been on foreign fields where there's many street urchins or there's little children who do not have the protective oversight of parents that live on the streets, sleep on the streets, beg on the streets, have a very deprived existence. And when you look into their eyes, it just mirrors the loneliness and the fear and the depression and the sense of helplessness and the vulnerableness in their lives, how they're, they're not strong enough to resist or to escape some of the dangers that little children face in that kind of condition. Well, we were all like that spiritually. We got beat up by life. We were deprived. We were overwhelmed by the darkness that dominated our minds. We were lost. We were like orphans. Thank God Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. However, the Greek word that is translated comfortless there is orphanos, that normally should be translated orphans. And for that reason, the New King James Version quotes Jesus as saying, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So that's the condition we were in. We were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. Our lives were covered with the filthy garments of sin. Our emotions were tattered and torn. Our souls were emaciated. We were starving from the lack of the bread that comes from above. 
Our hearts were scarred deeply from the torture of living in this cruel valley of the shadow of death, and our orphan-like eyes mirrored the deep loneliness, the inward sense of helplessness so common to the lost of this world. But then, thank God, we discovered that the Most High is a father to the fatherless in his holy habitation. That's Psalms 68, verse 5. I want to say that again, that God is a father to the fatherless. We were lost and given over to our own devices, trying to survive a world that was overwhelmingly wicked and destructive. But then we met the one who is a father to the fatherless. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, God gives the gracious and wonderful invitation. He says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. See, that was one of the main things Jesus came to do, to bring the people of this world into the status of sonship. To become sons and daughters of God implies that you meet God as a loving father. And that was a dominating theme of Jesus' ministry. You only find a sprinkling of times in the Old Testament where God is referred to as father. And some of those times it's actually prophetic of the new covenant to come. That deep bond of relationship wasn't as evident under the old covenant as it is in the new because, well, it's indicated by the fact that more than 175 times Jesus refers to God as Father in his teaching, in his preaching. And then in the New Testament as a whole, God is referred to as Father over 250 times. So this is a dominant theme of the new covenant, to come out of the world and to come into the family of God. Now let's go back to Romans 8.15 for just a moment. It said that you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. What is this spirit of bondage? Well, first of all, Paul was referring to the law because those who were under the dominion of the law, according to Galatians 5, 1, were under the yoke of bondage. There were 613 commandments in the law, and Deuteronomy 27, 26 says, Cursed be he who confirms not all the words of this law to do them. It was just such a tension-filled condition spiritually to know that you had to live a perfect life or you came under a curse. Now, we still strive for perfection as an act of loving devotion to God, but our righteousness is not so oriented to self-effort as it was under the old covenant. They were under bondage. And in Galatians 5, 1 the scripture says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
In other words, don't let your life be dominated by religious rules and regulations, but with relationship, let it enlighten your heart and your mind, realizing that, yes, we obey his commandments because we love him. And he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. That's a prerequisite, and that's an indication and a revelation that real love for God abides within us. But then if we falter or fail, all hope is not lost because we go to the cross where we find restoration and forgiveness and mercy. And so it's different. It's much different than it was under the old covenant. Also, bondage comes because of the condition of ignorance spiritually that we're in. In fact, the Bible said in Hebrews 2.15, that because of fear of death, most people spend their entire lifetime subject to bondage, the bondage of depression, the bondage of fear of the unknown, the bondage of being controlled by mental attitudes like self-condemnation and guilt, the bondage of being bound to your past sins. And not being able to free yourself from not only the memory of those sins, but the darkness of soul that they created. But when Jesus comes into your life, the bondage is broken. Not only is it broken, it's destroyed. And we come into the family of God. We were like helpless orphans, but we met the God who is a father to the fatherless, in his holy habitation. Now, let me go back once again to Romans 8, 15. It says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And another translation says, the consciousness of adopted sons. In other words, we have a conscious awareness Once you and I are born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, once we come into the divine family, we have a conscious awareness of our connection to God, that he is our father and we are members of his family. And that creates an atmosphere of love in our lives where neither life nor death nor power nor principality nor things present nor things to come, none of these things And no circumstance in this life can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We have been lifted out of the bondage of religion into the phenomenal joy and peace of relationship with God. And knowing that he's a father and a good father is a protector and a provider. And we know our father is daily, moment by moment, watching over his own to protect us from all the attacks we receive in this world, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, even physically. And he's a provider through his promises. He provides everything that we have need of. In fact, he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, there's one beautiful, beautiful revelation that I haven't brought out yet. In order to reveal it, though, I want to quote Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, 
God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Oh, there's such rich revelation in those four verses, Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. First of all, it says that we were redeemed, which means to be loosed away from bondage by a purchase price. And we were redeemed that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. What does that mean, Abba, Father? That word is a term of endearment. It's like saying, dear father, not just the clinically cold term, father, but dear father. It implies intimate and trusted relationship. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, you're no longer bound to your past sins. The Bible said he who commits sin is a slave of sin or a servant of sin. You were under the control of the sin nature, but now you're filled with the divine nature. See, in this world, if you adopt a child, you can only give that child your name and your possessions and your example. You cannot give that child your DNA. You can't give that child your character, your very nature. You can only go so far. You can adopt a child and give that child your name and your possessions and your example. And Jesus certainly did all of that for us. He gave us his name. We're the whole family of God in heaven and earth that's named by his name. He's given us his possessions because he said, he that overcomes shall inherit all things. And he's given us his example. When he knelt and washed the disciples' feet, he said, I'm doing this for an example. This is how you should treat one another. But he's also given us his blood, his very character, the fruit of the Spirit, the indwelling presence of God manifesting in the characteristics of his personality, love, joy, peace, and many other attributes. He's brought us into a place of such victory. No wonder we should live in the consciousness of adopted sons. We're no longer in bondage because of fear of death, because we know that this adoption process is yet to be fully completed. Let me read Romans chapter 8, verses 22 and 23. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. And that's talking, of course, about the day of resurrection, when the adoption process will be finally completed. See, God's adopted your spirit and your soul under his divine influence, 
and certainly to a degree your body, but you're still bound to a fleshly physical form that has a lower nature that you war against constantly. But on the day of redemption, the day of resurrection, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ will rise. We which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be changed, transformed into his glorious image as glorified saints of God. We will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. When the adoption process is complete, we will be changed gloriously into eternal sons and daughters of God, free from the flesh, free from the fallen nature, free from the curse of Adam, free from the contamination and oppression of this world, but changed in a moment into a heavenly and glorious image of the firstborn son. That's where we're headed. No wonder we can have the consciousness of adopted sons, and it means a consciousness of victory and triumph and joy and overcoming grace because we know the one who adopted us into his family to be heirs of God forevermore. Yes, you are the adopted sons of God. And the Holy Spirit came into your life as the spirit of adoption to draw you out of the world into a relationship with the God who loves you with an everlasting love. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.